It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA draft is right around the corner, and the NBA draft will run through Oklahoma City for years to come as the Thunder control three first-round picks in this year's NBA draft. What will they do with them? Well, we're trying to decide that right now on Locked on Thunder with our NBA draft profile and projections. They roll on today in the form of Josh Giddy. Where should he go in the draft? What are his strengths? his weaknesses, and how will he fit with the Thunder, all of that and more. Coming up on today's show, Locked on Thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05-362-7128. On today's show, We have yet another 2021 NBA draft profile and projection, giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra at only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and I very much enjoy them. It is Josh Giddy on the docket today for the NBA draft profile. A lot of you are very giddy about Josh Giddy in this upcoming NBA draft. We're going to go over his overview, talk about his strengths, his weaknesses, where he would fit for the Thunder, where he's being mocked at in mock drafts and on big boards, his ceiling, his floor, his NBA comps, and all of that fun stuff. We've done so many of these already. You can go back in the podcast feed and find them. We've done Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. We've done Jalen Johnson. We've done Jonathan Kaminga, Scotty Barnes. We've done James McKnight. We've done almost every top player working our way down here, Kai Jones, this week even. We've done a ton of draft profiles. You can go find them all on this feed right here. Jalen Suggs, everyone that you can think of for the most part already had one done. Keon Johnson, Moses Moody, and we're not stopping there. These will continue all the way through the draft. We've done Jaden Springer as well. We're only going to continue to ramp these up as we get closer and closer to the draft. Today's, though, is Josh Giddy, the Australian guard who just has put a trance on people. I mean, there's always people in my DMs. Every time I post one of these, when's Josh Giddy's coming out? When's Josh Giddy's coming out? He already has this kind of group of Thunder fans that really, really love him. We're going to get into him, his game right now. We start the way we always do with our game overview. Josh Giddy, while playing like a guard, is 6'8 and weighs 205. He's 18 years old from Australia. He's a supersized playmaker that struggles to do much else than that in my mind, just from watching his game. Um, There's some upside potential here. He's only 18 years old, uh, but just as a brief synopsis, he's really just a playmaker. And some of his his offensive game can kind of hinder 
his future playmaking ability. Let's get into his strengths, his weaknesses, starting out with his strengths. His biggest strength is that he can absolutely thread the needle. That playmaking is special. And I mean, it is a plus plus vision, plus plus passing. Uh, he has the perfect amount of touch on every pass that he makes, either taking some off, putting some on with the pass. He sets his teammates up greatly and, and creates space for them by where he places the pass as well. Uh, there's a there's a big difference in only having the vision and not having the passing assets with it. Not only does he have the vision, he can see the whole court. He knows where to go with the ball, but he knows where to place the ball in the shooter's pocket, how to lead a guy to the basket, how to get them in position where they need to be with the ball in his hands. It's phenomenal what he does with the ball in his hands. Pocket passer, chest passes, bounce passes, outlet passes all around. His passes are phenomenal. And he's 6'8", so his next strength ties into playmaking. It's his rebounding. Because whenever you have a guy who can make an outlet pass and get a rebound, he's a great rebounder for his size. I mean, for his size, pound for pound, one of the best rebounders we have in this class, and he can just take it and go. That is music to Mark Tignot's ears, who is just all about versatility and all about guys going, going, going after getting defensive stops and getting the defensive rebound. So being able to push the pace that way will benefit him for the Thunder a lot. Uh, and just having that ability to run the fast break, get out in transition, and turn a a miss by your opponent into a fast break is a big deal and what the Thunder are looking for and really what every team in the modern NBA is looking for uh, to get out of a player. So that rebounding will come in big time with his playmaking and allow him to kind of uh, maybe play the three, but on multiple possessions a game, be that point guard for certain uh, possessions. So, so that will really help him out as well for his overall game. He's a smart player. You have to be very smart to be a good playmaker. You, you cannot be a, a low IQ player and be a good playmaker. So with that brightness, right, with his intelligence on the floor, you get good team defense. He knows how to play the passing lanes. He knows when to gamble. He's very conservative about gambling, right? He's not he's not overzealous when gambling and, and kind of costing you a lot. Sure, anytime you play the, the, the passing lanes, there's going to be an inherent risk there uh, that will put you out of position sometimes. But more often than not, when he plays the lanes, he gets the ball, he gets where he's supposed to go. He gets a deflection, a steal, whatever the case is, and he makes an impact. So he knows how to do that. He knows how to rotate very well because of his vision. And so it makes him a good defender in a team concept. And it makes him hideable defensively because I'm not sure, as we'll talk about later on, that he can be a man-to-man defender, but it makes him hideable with his frame, his size, and his IQ. He can at least do enough to not be one of the worst defenders in the NBA. Because if he didn't have that team concept on defense, he would be one of the worst defenders in the NBA. And with that playmaking becomes solid finishing at the rim. Sure, he can get better at it, but I like his ability to have touch on those floaters, knock the floaters down, and take contact and avoid contact. He really has a good job of controlling his body in the air to go around defenders while being in the air and finishing at the rim. So that finishing attribute, if that continues to pro- you know to progress at the rate that we expect it to, he's only 18 years old, if he can master that finishing at the rim with his size and his playmaking, that opens up his offensive game in a great way. And the most impressive part about Josh Giddy is simply his pacing. He reminds me a lot of Taylor Maldon, who came into the league and was immediately, at 18, 19 years old, an NBA vet from the looks of it, right? He can control an offense. He can run an offense. He was never playing too fast, never getting ahead of himself. He was always in control. He was never pressing. The turnovers that he would make were not because he was just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It was just a course-of-the-game type of thing. Being under control, playing with pace, and playing under control is a huge deal for any player in general. But to have that when you're entering the league, in my opinion, 
makes your progression path that much easier because that's one less hurdle that most guys have to climb that you don't, that you already have in your bag right now. You can just focus on how to improve your game without the out of control stuff and trying to adapt to the speed of the game, right? I think that the speed of the game will not be too big of a, uh, of a transition for Josh Giddy. But what's going to get Josh Giddy drafted is that playmaking, which pace does tie into with that playmaking is his selling point. And to be a playmaker, the way that Josh Giddy is, you need the ball in your hands. And we'll get to this later on as well. Uh, but if that's his only real selling point and you don't want to use him as a point guard, what is his ceiling for your team moving forward and both immediate future and long-term future? We'll talk about all of that as well as his weaknesses, his availability, and much more, including that fit with the Thunder all coming up. But the final strength for Josh Giddy is simply upside, right? It's simply taking a swing on a guy that has one elite trait and you're hoping to add a few good traits around that elite trait to elevate his status and elevate his ceiling and elevate his overall performance. Not a lot of players who are going to get picked where he's going to get picked have an elite trait already. That He is going to be in the one percentile in terms of playmaking. That is a skill set that you can now build his game around and, and kind of flush his game around with his NBA career. That's a big step up. But how much do you believe in him progressing in all of these other areas? We'll have to get to that all coming up. But on today's show, it's brought to you by McLeb Ultra. And they're bringing you the moment of the week. It was a tough choice to pick the moment of the week this week, but that moment has to be Lou Dort in the Olympics, in the qualifying tournament for Team Canada, just putting on a defensive clinic. Look, it might not be your thing. You might not be a total basketball degenerate the way that I am. You might not want to watch ESPN Plus basketball on a random Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon and watch Team Canada play in this kind of tournament type thing you should go seek out the highlights and you should watch them on Saturday because think of Lou Dort, right? Think of his lockdown, incredible defense that brings you so much joy, happiness, and enjoyment. You think of all that and then imagine him getting to defend guys who are in no way, shape, or form NBA-level players. No knock on the guys. They're obviously very talented. They're on the Olympic team, uh, but you're not playing NBA talent anymore and it shows. Lou Dort got to expose and obliterate offensive players the last couple of days in the Olympics. And it really puts into perspective how good NBA players are and how good Lou Dort is. He can just wipe guys off the floor. He does this to Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray, and he shuts down LeBron James on the last possession of the game. You think that he can't handle Team China? Like, it's ridiculous. Like What Lou Dort does defensively is ridiculous. And against Team China, uh, he was starting to knock down some threes a bit, as we saw at times this season. Really enjoyed watching him this week. Really was happy and had enjoyment and joy watching Lou Dort play basketball again. I cannot wait for the Olympics to continue and for him to get back in Oklahoma City and playing for the Thunder yet again. It's only worth it, though, if you enjoy it. It's only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy creates success. Enjoyment's not the end game. It's the whole game, and it was the whole game of enjoyment for Lou Dort, who was pressing up 20 against Team China in the Olympics yesterday. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, check him out again Saturday. And I tweet out the links whenever he plays, so you can always follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. That's the Michael Boltrop moment of the week. What's your moment of the week? Let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. We're going to continue on with our Josh Giddy profile. But remember, Michael Ultra is also bringing you the road to the finals. So go check out Locked On Suns, Locked On Clippers, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Hawks, and of course, our national show, Locked On NBA. We've done his strengths. Now let's do his weaknesses. Josh Giddy struggles to play on ball defense. We touched on that with a team defense concept. But I think that Josh Giddy, for at least the first couple of years, will get absolutely embarrassed defensively at the NBA level. Now, on-ball defense was a huge knock of Tail Maldon as well coming into the draft, and he was not absolutely embarrassed at the NBA level once we actually got to see him play. So progress can get made even in this summer alone, much less from year one to year two or year two to three. But obviously the anticipation coming in is that he'll be a very, 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 very bad defender on-ball one-on-one at the NBA level, which is mostly the NBA game. So you, you struggle to see how he can be an impactful defender at the NBA level. Now, moving away from defense, he can't shoot. He cannot shoot off the dribble. He cannot shoot off the catch and shoot. And that allows the defense to play him differently. It allows them to sag, sag off of him because I know you're not pulling up from the elbow. So even if you come within the three-point line, you're only going to either pass or go to the rim. So now, even as you're at the elbow, I can be at the low block waiting on you. And if you're at the three-point line, I can be at the elbow waiting on you. I can have that recovery time. I can have that kind of cushion, right, that I'm able to adjust my defense and, and kind of limit what you can do offensively. And, of course, eventually make it harder for him to play off ball offensively and make it harder for him to be a good playmaker, even with the ball in his hands, because of the way that he's not respected as a shooter. There have been videos out there this summer already that he's improved his shooting ability. We'll see if that's sustainable at the NBA level in live game action. Uh, But a lot of it has to do with his jump shot in general. Uh, Now, I am not a shot doctor. I don't play one on TV. uh, But anyone can look at his shot and say it needs to be improved. It it just is. There's glaring holes in it. There's glaring weaknesses in it uh, that he has to get figured out. Again, he's 18 years old. So if this is his big knock, that he doesn't have anything else in his bag besides finishing at the rim, and passing the ball, um, he can improve those things from now until the time he's 22, 23, 24 years old. Like, think of how long it's going to take him to get from 18 years old to 22. That's a lot of experience. That's a lot of time. I mean, that's just a lot of time that I think that gets lost on us when we're throwing out these ages. For him to get to the exact same age that SGA is right now, he'll have four NBA seasons. Like, it, it will be a ton of development. It'll be a ton of um, having great coaches and great coaching staffs having their hands on him, specifically with the Thunder, that you trust his shot can eventually grow and develop. But for what he is right now, that's a huge knock, and that's why he's kind of down so low on these mock drafts and lower than maybe his elite trade of playmaking would suggest you to have him. Uh, But if you're going to be that one-dimensional, then that's a big problem. And it, again, it affects your playmaking. So then it takes your playmaking from elite to good or from good to average. Like It just affects everything about his game. And 
Shooting is one of the hardest things to get better at. We've seen it, though. It's possible. Lou Dort's gotten better at shooting. And Lou Dort, percentage-wise, I think was like an even bigger jump once this team's actually good and he's not having to take these off-the-dribble above-the-break threes. He'll just go take corner threes. Like I think they'll get him even better at that because his corner three percentages are awesome. Not impossible, but also not something that you can easily project to have happen uh, moving forward for Josh Giddy. Uh, obviously not a death nail, but he only shot 31% overseas this year. The big kicker here is when trying to project his shot, not only does his shot mechanics need an overhaul, not only did he only shoot uh, 30% from three, but he only shot a nice 69% from the free throw line. That's not very good. It's not awful. It's, it's, it's a nice percentage, but it's not great. You know, it's not something that you can use to project. I do not take 69%. Well, it's a nice number. I don't think that it's going to be something that you can use as an indicator for him to get better. That's more so in the 80s range, right? You can use that to for say, hey, he's going to get better at this. He's going to improve at this. Not going all the way down uh, to 69%. So there's no real reason right now outside of some open gym workout videos to believe uh, that he's improved that shot or he will improve that shot uh, or to project how much he can improve that shot. The only thing that you have is number one, he'll get great coaching. Number two, he's 18 years old and we'll see where his NBA career and his, and his life takes him from here. Uh, so that would be a very big hindrance to his game. That's why I wouldn't even consider him at the sixth, sixth overall pick. Once he gets to 16, 18, that's whenever for me, you can start considering him Let's talk about that, though. Where is Josh Giddy available? Well, The Ringer has him at 14. ESPN has him at 13. The Athletic has him at 10. Bleacher Report has him at 14. CBS has him at 11. NBC at 18. DraftNet at 16. Tankathon at 15. And then my big board, I have him as the 12th overall player in this draft. Not many prospects will have that elite trait. <laughs> His is right there glaring at you. It's great. It's, it's amazing, the playmaking but I just worry that the shot will kind of compromise it a bit. Now, his ceiling for me is a sixth man of the year, like, like a incredible bench player that you really want and that will be so good that he might think in his mind he should be better than a, than a bench player, and he, he kind of goes off somewhere else from his first team. Uh, but for me, that's his ceiling. His floor, though, is pretty high. I think he's going to be an average and be a contributor at worst. So... If I can guarantee you, you're going to get an average contributor. Would you take that at 16? At 16, the, the success rate might not be much more than that, right, than an average NBA contributor. So that's something to consider right there. The NBA comps, the ringer has him as Joe Ingles. I would say Joe Ingles without a jump shot, obviously. And scouts have said, since, since uh, the, the pre-draft scuttlebutt started, scouts have said that he's a taller Ricky Rubio. To me, Joe Ingles without a jump shot and a taller Ricky Rubio is not something that's that tantalizing. But again, you have to factor in the likely progression from such a young player. I can see why the highlights and the mixtapes would get a ton of people fired up about him. But in no way would I be disappointed without Josh getting this draft class. He's not a player that I think that the Thunder should just absolutely target and zero in on and go get at all costs. Uh, I don't think that you pay any cost for a guy like Josh Giddy. I think that if he falls to 16, great. If he doesn't, oh well. We'll talk more about his fit with the Thunder, his future role, his rotational fit, his roster impact, and why the Thunder should take him and why the Thunder should not take him. I think that that answer is pretty easy, which we'll see if you agree with me on that on the other side. 
Again, this is Locked on Thunder. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let me know what you think of Josh Giddy and all these other NBA draft prospects. Would you trade up for Josh Giddy from 16 to, say, 14, from 16 to 11 or 10 just for Josh Giddy? Like, what, what, what are your feelings about moving up for him in this draft? I would just say stick at 16 and see what happens with Josh Giddy myself. But I'm interested in all of your opinions on Josh Giddy. so let me know over there on Twitter about that. I do want to tell you right now, though, about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car will ever need, saving time and money when using rockauto.com. You can save 30, 50, even 100% at rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that it's for do-it-yourselfers and it's very, very inviting. I know nothing about cars and I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year. They're going to take that information, put it into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle that way. I'm not wasting time, money, resources on parts I cannot use, parts I do not need. Check it out today, rockauto.com. When you go there, tell them Locked On sent you. And how did you hear about this box? And they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you right now about a very special event. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT, the absolute GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, Odyssey NBA experts such as Brian Scalabrini and Ryan McDonough, our Locked On NBA local analysts, ex- experts like myself will be making selections and trades for all of our teams that we cover throughout the week-long special event Just search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to that. It's going to be your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter the most. The Odyssey app will. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Again, great event. Not only our great network of hosts that are just so plugged in, so locked into their market, but also Chad Ford. Also, John Hollinger can make an appearance in there. Brian Scalabrini. And then the former GM, Ryan McDonough will also be there as well. It'll be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to kick that off and and for you to hear the great work that we do over there. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you subscribe. Of course, from now until then, we'll give you plenty more reminders. So how does Josh Giddey fit in? For me, I set it in his ceiling, his future role as a six man. His future role as a a top bench player uh, that will hopefully allow you to build a championship team. So often we discount how important the bench is if you can get a guy like Josh Giddy to lessen the drop-off, that allows you to win a ton of games both in the regular season and the postseason. So that's a big deal. Rotational fit next year, 
bench player, obviously, uh, maybe a starter at the end of the year, uh, closer to the end of the year anyway, uh, just to get him some more reps and some more experience. Uh, roster impact, maybe he makes the decision, you know, maybe he makes it so you decide not to bring back Sfee. That's kind of the only roster fallout from this pick, maybe. But but even that might be stretching it. They could already have their mind made up on Svi one way or the other by then. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Why the Thunder shouldn't shouldn't take him on the way out the door? The answer for each of these questions is the same. They either do or don't believe in a shooting upside. To me, what would define Josh Giddy's career is that shooting upside. Because without that shooting upside, without that shooting ability... So much of his elite trait, the reason why you draft him, that playmaking, goes away and diminishes. And as that diminishes, so does that ceiling. And as that ceiling comes down from a place that's not particularly high, in my opinion, six man of the year, uh, you're getting worse and worse and worse closer to that floor. So for me, that's the deciding factor. You have to work him out, interview him, see what he's been doing with his regiment, his routine, and see if you believe he'll be a good shooter. Because the stats do not reflect that. The game tape does not reflect that, but is there something that he's tweaked or something that he can tweak that you think is easily correctable and easily fixable from now until the end of his career uh, that you believe you can fix his shooting? That's the difference in why you should or should not take a guy like Josh Giddy. I know he's a very popular player around Thunder Twitter, so do not kill me for this, but I'm just not that in love with Josh Giddy. If they got him, you could talk yourself into him being very good, uh, but in general, he has an elite trait, and we'll see what he can do with it moving forward in his NBA career. Your feedback can be heard anywhere, again, on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S, at L-O-Thunderpod on Twitter. Also, if, you don't, if you're not on Twitter, email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com, or call into the show, 405-362-7128. There's always a way for you to hear your voice on this show, so make sure you're utilizing that as well. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. Another show coming out tomorrow. Go back and listen to any profiles that you might have missed between now and the start of this whole thing. We'll continue to do these again all throughout this pre-draft process. Tomorrow, we'll have kind of a mock draft. We'll have an update on the workout situation for the Thunder, who they're bringing in, and some news around the Thunder organization that we're going to share with you tomorrow. So until then, be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.